They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening and Merry Christmas. You'll listen to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. I'm Ian Shepherd. Joined him in this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom, journalist and broadcaster Sam Dowling, president of Somerset County Cricket Club Peter Wanless, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Uh, it's been a couple of months since we all got together, guys. Um, I suppose the biggest story uh, during that time has been Will Smead uh, opting to forego Red Bull Championship cricket and sign a white ball only contract. Now, I, I listened to the interview that Spencer did with uh, with Will about this. All the reasons absolutely make 100% sense. It's a, it's completely the logical thing to do for him. But why does it feel so wrong? Is it just that first little peel of the onion or whatever weird little metaphor you want to use? I couldn't come up with a metaphor on the on the spot, which is why I use that slightly abstract one, but I suppose, well, maybe the first nail in the coffin of of Red Bull cricket. I mean, I don't know, Gibbo. I mean, you. It's. I just think. It's, I just think it's a shame he hasn't been given a chance to show what he can do in Red Bull cricket. Um, because you know, people who've watched him growing up playing cricket at Millfield School, at Millfield Prep, and then obviously more recently at, at, at Kings have said he's just hugely talented. And okay, he hasn't got any runs for the for, for the seconds, but and he's he's a bit one-sided because of all of the white ball cricket that he plays. You know, he's very much onside focused. But someone with that much talent surely ought to be given the chance, or himself to say, "I want to be given the chance to to play proper cricket, to play serious cricket," because I think he's more than capable. From what people tell me, I mean, I've only seen him in white ball cricket. From what people tell me. He's got enough talent to succeed in, in red ball cricket if given the chance. And I think, you know, it's very sad. And I'd say the same about Tom Banton, who might very easily go the same way. I mean, Dan, you're... Go on there, Sam. I mean, just looking at his numbers for the second team, he hasn't really set the world on fire. No, he scored 100. He was back with Trez. This is about three, four years ago now. But since then, he's not really scored a bucket full of runs in second team cricket, has he? I think there's a big distinction between Banton and Smead, and it's the desire. Banton really does want to play red ball cricket. I'm not so sure Smead was ever that interested. You have to make the right noises in interviews and say, I mean, how many times do the players get a white ball? Player breaks into the right ball setup, gets asked the question, do you want to play red ball cricket? Yes, of course I do, blah, blah, blah. It's the pinnacle. I think increasingly we're going to have to look at them as different sports, and I'm not so. Not everyone has the desire or the ability in terms of concentration or to stand out there for four days. It's a big commitment, and if you're not that keen on it, I think probably the fact that there are enticements, uh, you know, it, there are there is an increased. Alter- increasingly appealing alternative probably helps. There are probably plenty of players who have played Red Bull cricket and had good careers who were never really that interested 
in it. I don't know. I think Banton's a very different case. I think Banton genuinely wants to play and make it in Red Bull cricket. Well, he does, but if he didn't get picked, and it's quite hard to see how he's going to get into the uh, county championship side, given the signings during the um, during the, the summer, um, uh, he'll, he'll either go elsewhere or he will sign a, you know, he will he will become a white ball only cricketer, I, I fear. I mean, I profoundly hope he doesn't. I'd love to see him in the middle order for Somerset for the next 10 years. But I don't think the chances are very high at the moment. Well, it's interesting you say that, Sam, about having the desire, because I think when he first joined the, I think it might have been the academy, there, uh, I think Ben did a, a little sort of two-minute snapshot interview with him. And one of the questions was, it was something along the lines of, uh, would you rather win the Ashes win the World Cup final with England or win the IPL and straight away with a little smirk and a glint in his eye he said win the IPL so I think that's <laughs> I'll, if I can find that and retweet it I, I will do but it's yeah I suppose it, it goes to show what his uh, what his motivation I need to turn my notifications off something but he's a very he's a very bright lad he's a very bright lad he's a mathematician and he's hugely yeah. logical and it's <laughs> more logical to imagine Banton getting into the team next season than it is Will Smith. So why spend a significant amount of your spring practicing a format of the game that you might not be able to play when you could concentrate solely on the other format, pick up some contracts in other part of the world where the weather is a bit better. And given the way England are playing at the moment, there are other routes into the pinnacle of um, cricket i.e. The, the test team um, through different routes so he'd have to be I mean he's a long way from being Liam Livingston but but you know there are, there are options and choices aren't there it's, it, it's, it, it seems quite a logical thing for him to have decided I guess um, and we've still got from Somerset's point of view um, uh, we've still got a strong batting lineup for the spring maybe Will's playing some 4D chess strategy where he's worked out actually yeah the best way for me to get picked for the England test team is to not play any red ball cricket at all go and smash it in the franchise leagues like Liam Livingston and bang you get called up having played no red ball cricket at all you laugh but that is true (laughs) I know that's what I'm saying it's 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 so upside down at the moment nothing makes sense oh dear Dan I mean you were keeping a close eye on sort of Will's red ball uh, second 11 numbers this year it's not really a surprise is it no um yeah his numbers weren't great this year they weren't great last year i just think he's decided that rather than trying to be a jack of all trades he can be a master of one and um it's clear that white ball cricket is where it's at for him at the moment so i don't blame him for really going for it in that format because it it probably will allow him to be the absolute best he can be in white ball cricket um i think you see a lot of players these days trying to do all the formats and they you know they they struggle they, you know they can't quite get to the pinnacle in in both or one of them even uh, i think tom abel is possibly an example of that is he someone who might he's he's very very good in in white ball cricket and red ball cricket is it just a worry that he's not fully maximizing his potential in in red ball cricket perhaps because of the white ball cricket or vice versa i don't know that's that's just the thought i've sort of had for a while he's still not played for england and could he make that final step by focusing on one or the other. I don't think he's going to do that, but Smead might have seen that as an example and thought, hmm, I'm just going to, you know, 
go for one of them. I think Banton might be another as well. Banton is sort of maybe caught in two minds between the two formats to an extent. I think you're going to see it a lot, a lot with um, players these days because the schedule is so hectic. You know, in international cricket, um, and with franchise cricket competing as well, and county cricket. Funny point you make there about Abe's because looking at Tom Abe, he was strictly a red ball only player. Then mm. he got into the white ball team and and used that technical skill and correctness he's got to improve his white ball game, which has then improved his red ball game. So it, it, they've kind of complemented each other as, as Abe's has got stronger and stronger over the years. And I, Abel got it the right way round, like Harry Brook, who is, you know, who's a brilliant white ball cricketer, but it's built on an absolutely rock solid red ball technique. Uh, and there are plenty of other examples of that. I think Will Smith's got it the, the wrong way round. You need you need to bat properly first, get your defence in order, be a, a, a all around the uh, wicket player, and then if you've got all of that, then you can like Tom Abel, you can graft on some white ball skills. Um, I think you know he is he is um, one sided. Uh, Will Smith, I, I fear he's going to be worked out because of that. Uh, and I think if you know if he had more experience in the you know the the proper form of the game, the red ball form of the game, that would stand him in better stead for his white ball career. Even if he remains predominantly a white ball player, which I'm sure he will do because he's very talented. Yeah, watching the recent T20 World Cup, they, all the commentators were at pains to say about SKY that you know he's played all this first class cricket. He's you know scored all these thousands of first class runs, and this is what has developed him into. Um, you know, probably the best T20 bat in the world at the moment because he's he's got those mm. fundamentals to call on. And I just, I'm a bit like you, Gibber. I mean, yeah, best of luck to Will. I really hope it works out for him. But there is just that little uh, sort of niggling doubt in the back of my mind that he kind of needs something to base it on. Sam's kind of saying a not uh, sure sort of grimace uh, there. Look, I'd I'd love to say that if I was Will Smead. I would be a purist and want to win the county championship, but he's a product of his time. He's grown up watching the the first. Did would he have seen England win the T Twenty World Cup? Anyway, like it's a it's a job, right? He can have a twelve month a year gig, probably earning a million quid plus, playing in all these wonderful places, playing a couple of hours a day, getting these experiences, or he can spend his summer training around playing in two, on two's clubs ground which is lovely for some people like i i just it just makes complete sense for him and i i, I think i would do the same if i was him uh, supremely talented uh you he maybe he will get worked out but what's he got he's got those what couple of 90s in the psl uh runs in the hundred in the blast like he just looks like he's set for life with it and, and what Sneed will tell you, if he's got limit, yeah, he's got limitations in white ball cricket. Then he's very leg side oriented. What Sneed will tell you is, well, he can now focus entirely on expanding his game in white ball cricket because he's got the time to do so. He doesn't need to worry about red ball cricket. I and mean, yes, well, the red ball might help him to an extent with fundamentals, etc. I think he'll probably have a different view on how to get to the top of white ball batting. You know, a, a view of a, a more modern view, I suppose, that um, you wouldn't have had sort of ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, I just suppose it, it's the beginning of an era, isn't it? The era that we're all kind of desperate for it to not happen, where franchise cricket really does start to dominate the hearts and minds of, of young 
guys and girls who are looking to make a a career in the game and you know we we'd love it if every Somerset player coming up through the pathway um had that absolute heartburning desire to win be you know be in that first 11 that wins the county championship for Somerset but I think we all need to recognize that's possibly not what we do we do Richard Gould, when he spoke at the West of England Cricket Society the other day, uh, made a very interesting point. If 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 you're a if you're a, a footballer and another club wants you, they have to pay a, a transfer fee running into tens of, if not hundreds, of millions of pounds these days. Somerset have have reared these cricketers like Will Smead and Tom Banton and, and and Co. going off around the world, and Somerset get no benefit from that whatsoever. And similarly, if they're snapped up, you know, if Banton goes to what to Warwickshire, uh, let's say, there's no transfer fee if he's if he's out of out of uh, out of contract. And what's happening is that the the, the franchise leagues are sucking them not just the blood out of uh, out of county cricket, but the money as well. And I do think that that needs needs looking at that if a if a club uh, Will Smith's been playing for Somerset age group team since he was ten. You know, we've made him the player that he is, and now he's going to play, apply his trade all around the world. Good luck to him. But Somerset get no reward for all of the investment they've put into a player like that. And I think that really does need looking at by the um, by the ECB, the cricket authorities. And I'm glad that, that Richard, it was a superb appointment. I mean, that's one of the best things that's happened since the end of the season. Richard Gould and Richard uh, Shepherd, you know, at the top of the... At the top of the ECB, I, I hope he really gets to grips with that, so that you know counties who who you know like Leicestershire and, and Rian Ahmed, you know he could he could go off and play franchise cricket around the world. Leicestershire have made him the cricketer he is, and Leicestershire will get no benefit from that whatsoever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it's something that he's looking at. But suppose if if let's say for example. Uh, Banter did go to Warwickshire, or or we sign, you know, a player from another county. That's almost a sort of a reciprocal arrangement, isn't it? If you know, it's because that investment is staying within the county game. When you've got these franchises who are completely privately owned yeah. and have no no interest in the grassroots of it at all, that's where you've just got big business sweeping in and, and reaping the rewards of um, you know the the players that these counties have produced. I don't know, maybe maybe fifteen percent of whatever wage they're paid needs to go to the host clubs academy that's just something off the uh off the top of my head yeah. it's something we could chat about for hours really isn't it it's difficult isn't it because you get for someone like smeed if he was on a full contract then was i think the when a player goes off to the ipl and it's during the county season actually the money that the county gets back is quite favourable for the county in terms of like you miss 20 days the kind of day rate for having a player missing actually can be quite rewarding but with someone like Smead because he's not on a full contract now he's made that decision then he unless he suddenly becomes unavailable for Somerset during the blast then Somerset aren't going to see anything I think I'm not very good at franchise I'm not all over franchise cricket what does worry me a little bit I've got no idea who Smead is playing for, but it's the IPL sides that are buying teams in all the different leagues. Yeah, the Royals, and, and so, suddenly Smead is co- is contracted to. Is it Mumbai Indians? The side he's the, yes, the, the owner franchise by Mumbai Indians Cape Town, I think, or is it the UAE oh, version? It's the Mumbai it's version, one of those UAE or South Africa, yeah. But he'll end up playing 
you'd imagine if he played goes to the IPL, he'll be with the Mumbai Indians. And if they end up owning franchise sides in six, seven, eight leagues, then he's basically just contracted to them going around. And then at that point, he probably goes, well, my bread is buttered wherever the Mumbai Indians tell me to go. And that's it. Then you're in danger of losing him to the blast. I suspect, well, he, he'll have to be contracted to a county to play for England, I think, once he says so there's no danger, I don't think, of him leaving county cricket entirely. I suppose the risk is if there's a, a league with a Mumbai Indians team in it that's scheduled for the same time as the Blast at some point in the future. I mean, I don't know, I'm just speculating here, but that could be a risk, I suppose. But I, I, I can't see Smee being signed in the IPL auction, to be honest. This is, a, this is like a mini auction. There's not that many slots available. I can't imagine Smee will be signed. He is in the auction, but... No, but further, further down the line, three, four years. Oh yeah, time. Down the line, yeah, yeah. Do you have yeah, to be contracted that, that... to? Do you have to be contracted to County to play for England? Is that a thing? I believe so. Because remember, when, years ago, Kevin Peterson wasn't it? When he left Hampshire, there was a thought that you know he could just not not play for any county, but he he kind of had to sign for Surrey to uh, to play for England. Um, whether that's still a rule, I'm not sure. I'd I think it's a rule that you have to play for Surrey if you want to play for England these days. Dan. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was still codified. <laughs> Yeah, what were your thoughts on that, Peter? Were you uh, deeply involved well, in contract I, negotiations yeah, a, or uh, more of a side it's of a, partner? You know, it's a developing situation, isn't it? You can, I mean, you can create all sorts of nightmare scenarios. There have been these stories in the press about the hundred being sold off to private equity, you know, which then becomes part of the the franchise world and uh, detaches that still further from the from the pathways and uh and, and and then if we're we're not careful the players we really want to see are choosing to have a rest at the time of the blast whether or not um the competition clashes um with another franchise tournament around the world so it's it's there's some there's some really big and important issues for somerset to face up to and seek to influence in terms of connecting uh, the grassroots of the game and the development pathways um, leading through and on beyond uh, the county team in a kind of coherent way that that, that grows the game of cricket in uh, England as opposed to delivering wonderful things for a small number of people who happen to be elite players or potential elite players at the moment. So there's there's a lot to play for um as anthony says i mean i think it's encouraging the new leadership at the at the ecb but there's some really big issues to um to work through and we've we've got to do our best from our perspective to to influence them but at least the chief exec there has been the chief exec of, of somerset and has some vague interests of <laughs> a vague understanding of what it feels like to live and play cricket in the west of England, which you sort of think some of the people who've done previous uh, reviews and assessments of the of the national game haven't really appreciated or understood the geography, all the history, all the economics of the West Country. He still lives down in Somerset as well. Oh, happy days! Well, we'll we'll be, uh, we'll, uh, be able to get round his house with a <laughs> if we ever need a demonstration about something. Only joking. No, no. He, he doesn't need much. He doesn't need much persuading. I'll tell you. But he's 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 on the side of of proper cricket. Yeah, Let's I think we can all way. agree. Richard Gould is a probably the best appointment we could have hoped for from a yeah. county cricket Richard, perspective. Richard Thompson did too. Yeah. What other news have we had? Ah, Lachlan Stevens has departed 
Taunton after uh, one season as uh, was it assistant coach and batting coach. I think he was to give him his uh, uh, his full um, his full job title. I'm a bit disappointed in that because towards the yeah, end of that season we were really seeing some um, the fruits of his labours coming through. I don't think he ever really he wasn't very well, and I don't think the family ever really settled here. Uh, it's it's sad because I liked Lachlan Stevens. He was he was honest and and. And I think he was a good coach, or is a good coach, as well. I was sorry to see him go, but but it's nothing to do. You know, there's no no reflection on situation at Somerset because of that. It's his own personal circumstance. Uh, Gibbo's frozen. Go on, Dad. Do you want to jump in? Well, yeah, it's interesting. We're now looking for a batting coach and a bowling coach, aren't we? Because obviously now that Steve Kirby's gone to Zimbabwe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, as as you said, he was. You know, we, we were seeing improvements in our young batters uh, in the county championship. Um, so, yeah, who knows who it's going to be um, to replace him. I haven't seen any rumours um, for, for either really bad oh, coach. In, a, in an open letter to Western Supermare Cricket Club, Pete Trigo said he'd been uh, offered an exciting role in the world of cricket. So maybe that's it? Or that, I think that's in Nepal. <laughs> I saw something about, yeah. In Nepal? <laughs> All right, that's going to yeah, be a hell of a yeah. commute for him to be Somerset's assistant coach, but okay. <laughs> uh, as, as over Christmas, I'm not sure that affects his availability for Western Supermare this summer. Um, but I have asked him. I have asked him, and he denies any any rumor that I wanted to start about him becoming a coach. Sadly, what in Nepal or Taunton or both? In Nepal, no. Nepal is confirmed. He will be in Christmas. Uh, it will be in Nepal for Christmas. All right. What's this? Is it what coach of the Nepalese team then, or head coach of a side in their T Twenty league? I bet Dan can name them. Well, I'm just finding them now. Uh, the Lumbini All Stars. Um, I'm not sure what. All oh, of my favourites. Oh, I like that. They're good. <laughs> yeah. They're my the Twitter account says team. franchise team in the Nepal T Twenty league. Um, obviously, it's not. They're not. Full T Twenty matches, presumably. Um, I think yeah. he might have played out there. I think didn't he go and play out there? Yeah. Maybe with Dan I Lawrence did, at yeah. one point. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. They've got Pat Brown in their squad, plays for Worcestershire. Uh, Harry Tecto is Irish. Apart from oh, no, Chan is Indian. Apart from them, I've not heard of any of them. So there's a few players I know of in their squad. So. And what what channel was on that on then? Is that on like? I, I do find that the more obscure and random and kind of low quality the tournament, the higher channel number it is on Sky. So this is probably like channel five thousand two hundred. Is it better than the, is it better than that um, that one that's always on YouTube? What's it called? The um, uh, oh, the European Cricket League, that ten over thing where they play. The Should be better than that. <laughs> oh, you might so. be able to find us a, one or two mystery spinners. You know, yeah, bring them all yeah, back. Could be. Yeah. Happy days. Um, everybody got their tickets for Lionel? I couldn't believe that when that popped up. I was like, oh, Lionel Richie coming to Taunton in uh, whenever that is. Come on, Pete, you should know. No, I can't help you with that Sunday, one. Sunday, June the 20th. No, Sunday the 11th of June. So you can either go and watch uh, Lionel at Taunton or go down to the Cloud FM County Ground. <laughs> to watch uh, to watch Essex against Somerset. Well, the 11th of June is uh, my wedding anniversary, so there's no contest. We'll be off to Chelmsford. Yeah, I was going to say, you could potentially be triple booked, Pete. <laughs> well, cricket in the day, helicopter back to Taunton for Lionel, and then a lovely 
lovely dinner in stragglers afterwards oh, yeah you and anthony could split the cost there you go anthony <laughs> can jump in as well yeah we could all do Half it the we, price. Could, we could right bino i'm not sure i'm not sure lionel richie is really my bag he's a bit too elderly all i want for that a bit too elderly i look you're, you're the yeah. same age gibbo <laughs> well exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'm more a Dua Lipa man myself. Oh, that's the title for this week's podcast. I'm more of a Dua Lipa. <laughs> all, all I want for the, for the Lionel Richie concert is just for Tractor to be stood on Gimlet Hill in his hat with a pint of cider going, Go on there, Lionel! Give us another one! <laughs> of course, that's not going to happen because Tractor, like all dedicated Somerset fans, will be down watching the renewal of that old rivalry. Uh, down in Chelmsford, Pete, you've been a busy man the last few weeks. You've been um, uh, a little project on the go. Uh, Camping yeah. the opinions of, uh, of members about the uh, the uh, specialness of Somerset County. Yeah, so Club. yeah, so one one of the things that I thought, what 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 can the the president do, sort of sitting between the supporters um, and the administration of the club that um, would particularly play to to that role and in times of change I think it's it's really important for organizations to really have a sort of clear sense of what the essence or underlying heart and soul of the organization are not 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 in order to kind of uh, uh, veto anything or uh, or keep things stuck in the past because I think the one thing's absolutely clear is we're going to go through a period of change but I do think it's it's really important and strong organizations kind of respect and celebrate their past without being defined by their past as they as they look ahead so that that's the intent of what I'm trying and we're trying to do with this survey is have a really big conversation and not just with the members of Somerset at the moment, but members of the past and potential members and generations of the future to really get a sort of sense together of what is special um, about the club, a bit like you do with these kind of word cloud things. And and, and then when we can see and, and share that together, I think we can hold that mirror up to big decisions and small decisions looking into the future and sort of challenge and support the club in saying, well, have you considered the essence of what Somerset County Cricket Club is about in taking that particular step forward? So that, that's what I'm aiming to do. Um, we've had some great uh, support from uh, 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 people who know how to run these sorts of surveys and the ECB as well in putting the thing on. Last I heard, we'd had over... 600 responses but i haven't sort of looked to what anyone has has said yet but oh, we'll we'll aim to we'll aim to put case, that carry up. <laughs> uh, well we'll we'll have a look at all of that and what with kind of uh, human intelligence and artificial intelligence you can suck quite strong messages up quite quickly from large amounts of of data so in the new year we'll have a look at what we're hearing and and play some of that back to people so yeah, I think it's a it's it's an interesting and important exercise, and a number of the other sort of presidents in other counties, I think, are keeping an eye on it and are intrigued to see um, both what we understand and then when we receive the results, how we use them. 
Good stuff. I think there uh, is there just a link to that on the club website, or do you need to be on the members' emails to get the link? Uh, it's on the it's it's on the website, and the club the clubbers seems to um, send a link to it uh, every Sunday um, in the in the late afternoon, including at a crucial point of the World Cup final, which I did <laughs> think was kind of slightly hopeful to imagine that people would kind of take their eyes off uh, Argentina France in order to let us know what they think about Somerset but it's going to be open right the way through um, Christmas so if folk haven't um, filled it in yet do please um, let us know what you think Happy days I'll retweet that if I can find the uh, find the link for that one oh, What else has happened then since we recorded last on October fixtures. Oh the fixtures came out, they did I've got my copy printed out here Come on then Dan off your long run, go Um I think the fixtures are about as well as as good as they could have been, really, considering that we knew it was going to be similar to last season. Somerset have done very well in terms of white ball uh, home matches. Three T20s on Fridays and three on Sundays. I think they'll, they'd have taken that. Um, and then two Royal London Cup matches on Fridays and two on Sundays. That's as good as it's going to get. Um, we've got a small increase in, in county championship matches at weekends or county championship days at weekends. Um which yeah, I mean, it was always going to be difficult to have much of an increase. Um, I think there's an extra day, and there's a couple of extra days in September, I think. Um, although unfortunately, one of those rounds, Somerset aren't playing in. There's also a Wednesday. No, there's a Saturday in um, in July. A nice little scrap there for us. One one weekend there, Championship cricket in July. Um, yeah, Somerset aren't playing at an outground, which I think is a bit of a shame. It's always the first thing I look for. I was scrolling through the fixtures, like thinking, "Come on, I want an outground," but uh, uh, there wasn't any, which is uh, yeah, sad. But yeah, so we can't really. Com- as someone pointed out on Twitter, we can't complain too much because we don't give, we don't do outgrounds, so we don't give outgrounds to other counties, so we can't complain. <laughs> which is one way of looking at it. A um, couple of negatives. Once again, we've obviously got the ridiculous scheduling of the Royal on the Cup knockouts either side of the August bank holiday weekend, which yep. is just a complete joke. Um, and bank holidays in general, just quite badly underused. I think we've got a few blast matches on the late May bank holiday, um, but the early May bank holiday, Easter Monday, the Coronation bank holiday, and the August bank holiday, there is no county cricket at all. Um, there is Good Friday, there is. Um, that's day two of the first round of matches. Um, but yeah. A terrible underuse of bank holidays once again. So if we go back to your email that you wrote probably about, well, it wouldn't have been this time last year because we, we were still waiting another two months so the fixtures come out at this time last year. But have they addressed any of the points that you you've <laughs> firmly but politely put to them? I, oh, I have, I'll have to find the email again to see what I said, but not really because it's very similar to last year, as I said, the fixtures. So, I mean, one of the points I was trying to make was like the, the roll on the cup knockouts, like, you know that was such an obvious thing to fix, and yet they've somehow not done it. I think the Royal London Cup. Um, that there's a slight increase in Royal London Cup games at weekends. Like last year, there was a round where there was only five matches on a weekend. I think this year that's not so bad. Um, but yeah, it's broadly broadly similar, really. Um, I think we need to wait for 2024 for any real improvements to the fixture list. But even then, who knows what's going to happen? Because there's no no one's budging, are they? In terms of the results of the review and what what changes is going to be in county cricket. So who knows if there'll be a improvement then? Yeah, that will be something to keep uh, keep an eye on. Of course, with uh, with England doing so well in uh, obviously in the T Twenty World Cup, the season finishing, 
Um, this tour to Pakistan uh, exceeding all expectations. Kind of discussion of the high performance review is sort of gone off the back pages a little bit. Well, maybe not the back pages. It was never on the back pages, but uh, certainly what uh, should have been on the back pages. One thing that I noticed about the fixtures is we've got a week off uh, 27th of May. Um, that's the what the fourth championship game. We get a bye week there. You mean April, 27th of April. Oh, April, April, sorry. Uh, and then we miss a game in September, which would be the one that would have to start Sunday the 10th, I think. Yeah. But a, but in that middle period of the season, it is full on. There is, you know, you, you sometimes you talk to cricketers and, go, and they go, oh yeah, schedule's too bad. But that is, it is pretty full on through the whole of that... Um, of that sort of high summer period, and you know, if you make the knockouts in in the T Twenty and the Royal London, you you've hardly got a day off. Yeah, it's just the way it falls. I think like every county gets two bye weeks in the county championship, and I think it's just it's the luck of the draw, I suppose, in a way, as to when when you get those matches off. Last year we had one round in the middle of the blast that we missed, didn't we? So that maybe sort of broke things up a bit, but. Yeah, this year, but it's a bit different. But it's good for fans in a way because it's you know the two ma- the two rounds we're missing are April and September, you know, so we get more in the high summer. Although the two rounds we miss are rounds that have weekend weekend days, so it's pros and cons. Yeah, not enough cricket on weekends in September again. That's always the first thing I look for when the fixtures come out these days. Is is you know what is going to be nice and easy to go to in September, and yeah, one day of champ- weekend championship cricket in September is. Uh, is pretty poor. Anything that you guys are looking forward to, Gibber? Where's your? Uh, what's your number one? Uh, what do you look for when you go and uh, when you see the fixtures coming out every year? Well, I think uh, the ECB have addressed one thing, which was that um, last year at the last season, at the height of summer, in forty days, we had four days of cricket at Taunton, and we're going. I haven't worked out how many more there are going to be this year, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good slice more. Um, and you know, I think you know, given given that this is a sort of um, treading water sort of year, in a, in advance of of changes that are expected for twenty twenty four, I think I think as as Dan said, I think you know it's it's fine. Looking forward to it, and um, you know the fact that we have only got to play Surrey once, and that at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know it's not too bad. I mean, I focus on the championship fixtures, and. It could it could be worse, but it's going to be tough because the standard of of uh, teams in the first division now is really really high with Nottinghamshire and Middlesex coming up. Um, you know the only well you could say the only two potential weak links would be Kent, who aren't in all honesty all that good, and Northants. Ditto. But you know we're going to have to play really well to survive in the first division next season, especially given our a geriatric bowling attack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I can't see. You know, I can't see how we're going to take twenty wickets with Craig Overton and Jack Leach are away with England. It's going to be a a real struggle against some of those sides. You know, like like Dots, like Surrey, like Lancashire, uh, like Middlesex. We've all got very, very strong batting lineups. I think it's going to be a tough season in the county championship. I think. Hanging it, hanging in the first division needs to be the height of our ambitions there, and hope hope to do well in in the blast, 
because I think we'll be decimated for the Royal London One Day Cup yet again. Well, it's not the Royal London One Day Cup, it's just the One Day Cup. Are we inviting yeah. tenders for that? Can, can we just write in with a bid and just say, I'll give you 50 quid to sponsor the Always Look on the Bright Side of Life One Day Cup for 2023? <laughs> I think yeah. mine must have a misprint on here because I can't see uh, Yorkshire anywhere in the championship fixtures so I'm not quite sure what's what's gone on there but uh... <laughs> they were very unlucky oh of course they were well you know maybe if Joe Root hadn't been playing golf has he has he been back to Headingley yet has he had a uh, had a reception from the Yorkshire faithful I'd be giving him short I'd tell you, if it was Tom Abel I'd be giving him uh, short shrift Sam anything standing out for you on that on that fixture list as, as sort of noteworthy Highlights for me are Lords and Trent Bridge. Love both grounds. There'll be difficult places to go, unfortunately. You know, the two sides that have come up are both very, very strong. I mean, I, I saw Middlesex versus Knotts at Trent Bridge, and at times it was like Test cricket. They had Broad, Pattinson, Fletcher was playing. I just love Fletcher as a character and as a bowler. There was a spell that Pattinson bowled at Hanscom, who I know Hanscom is a weird one because he got no runs Middlesex at all has gone back and is scoring boatloads in the Sheffield Shield um, but yeah Lords is just beautiful been lucky enough to do some commentary there and it really is a magical place and I love Trent Bridge as a ground as well so uh, without analysing the cricket or Somerset hopes in any way whatsoever I'm just looking forward to those two trips and Pete when uh, Tuesday May 30th Kent Spitfire is hosting Somerset is that going to be your oh, I'll... <laughs> yeah I'll oh, definitely no. be there I'll be there for that one. Um, bit bit disappointed that we haven't got Surrey at the Oval because that's uh, uh, the the long room in Surrey is a magnificent place to um, watch cricket from. Um, I, I'm looking forward to Derbyshire. I've never been to um, to, to Derby uh, as a as a ground. Um, Derby yes. County have got the NSPCC on their shirts, and uh, I'm making lots and lots of new friends in and around <laughs> the city of Derby. So I'm looking forward to um, meeting up with all of them in the middle of the summer and watching um, second string Somerset against first string Derbyshire. <laughs> uh, Western Storm have got, uh, well, they got three home games at Taunton this year, all in the Rachel Hayhoe <laughs> Flint. Uh, Saturday, July the 15th, they play the Southern Vipers. Uh, Northern Diamonds on Sunday, September the 10th, and then on Wednesday, September the 13th, they have the Central Sparks. And, of course, we... Uh, and it's four, four home games, four games at Taunton. You can't expect me to prepare for that one. Oh yeah, so, I missed that. Oh yeah, they have got and in the Charlotte Edwards Cup. Yeah, they've got the Southeast Stars on Sunday, May the twenty eighth. So it said three in the Rachel Hayho Flint, and then one in the. I'm trying to. No, no, it's two I, in the Charlotte Edwards. Oh, is it's it? The, so Storm v Stars is a double header at Taunton with Somerset Glamorgan in the blast, uh, and then there's also, I think yeah, the weekend before yeah, on Sunday, Sunday, it's just on Sunday May twenty first. Yeah, yeah, and the other two the Hayho Flint. Both September. Happy days. Um, right, so we uh, one last thing before we go on to the quiz. Then Somerset seem to have got all of their uh, pretty much all their transfer business done and dusted before the end of the season. We've got Sean Dixon coming in. Um, obviously, Tom Cole and Cadmore, who's been uh, setting Abu Dhabi alight in your favourite tournament, Gibbo, out there in the Abu Dhabi T10. I haven't watched any of it this year because oh, I haven't had COVID. Of course, you have. <laughs> I have not. You... I have not watched a single ball of the Abu Dhabi T10s. Are you boycotting <laughs> it in protest of the fact that Graham Swan's got the commentary gig ahead of you, despite our. Oh, I can't stand Graham's. I cannot stand Graham Swan. <laughs> 
Uh, back on topic though, um, do we think that there are any more signings to come, bearing in mind uh, what Gibbo just said and what I think we all feel about the um, slightly fragile nature of Somerset's bowling attack, certainly not in skill, but definitely in um, in uh, advancing age and the increased tendency to suffer injuries that that brings with it. Pete, who have we signed? <laughs> well, well, we await overseas player news, don't we? We do. So, um Peter Sidley yeah, yeah. is a very strong rumour at the moment. I think that would be, I think from what I've heard is that would he would probably finish his first class career at Somerset, which of course if he doesn't want to go back and play for Tasmania in 23-24, that would mean he wouldn't have to go back to some pre-season training camp and we'd have him for the whole of September. If fit. If fit. He's having a good Sheffield here. Um, and he was good for us last year, so yeah, I wouldn't object to him coming back at all for availability reasons as well. Um, the second slot is interesting, I think, because we won't sign a batter, I'm guessing, seeing as we've signed a lot of batters and we've got lots of batters now. But the second slot maybe will, I think, maybe will rotate a bit through the season. We might sign a spinner for periods where we think leeches away, that kind of thing. You know, maybe some another pace bowler for certain periods, maybe early on. Then we think Craig's away, you know, there's all sorts of options, I guess. Sam, what are your yeah. thoughts? You heard anything? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the plan. Exactly what Dan said, is to have a seamer early on while Leach is available and then once the Ashes kick off, to have a look at Spinner's second half of the season. So it will be good. And it took Sid a little bit of time to settle, I think, um, but then really enjoyed it towards the back end. He's... Yeah, I think he's got an Iron Man or something to do at some point in February, March. So whether, I mean, he should presumably assuming he gets through that, he should be fighting fit or the other way around, completely broken. Who knows? Um, but I remember saying, I, I, I'm sure it's during the Sheffield Shield season at some point because I was like, how, I'm talking to him about it. And so that, like, how did you get the permission for that? And he was like, well. I'm Peter Siddle. This, we didn't quite. He didn't quite say that, but he was like, I don't know what, am I, that's. At my stage of the career, I can get away with that kind of thing. Um, I think he'd be brilliant. I think he was brilliant, actually, for us. He bowled a lot better than perhaps... I haven't got his numbers in front of me. I think he bowled a lot better than his numbers suggest and his influence on some of the junior players as well. Um, he was very highly thought of. Yeah. Well, he finds it hard to take wickets on, take wickets on good surfaces, though. As does Jack Brooks. I just, you know, I'm I'm seriously worried about our bowling for for next season in the in the county championship because Jack Jack Leach isn't, you know, in all honesty, he's not such a force in April and May as as he is later in the in the season. Lewis Gregory, I would be very surprised if he makes a significant contribution with with the ball uh, next season. If Craig Overton's away with England. You know who who've we got? You know the the young quicks are promising, but there is a big gap between the youngsters coming through in their early twenties and the mainstays who are going out in their late thirties. Mm-hmm. And you know we you know we need if, without Craig Overton, it's a pretty toothless attack. Yeah, but that's hard but, on Davy. But uh, Davy's better yeah. with Overton. I agree. 
Davy is good on a on a wicket that's helping him, but you know we we saw plenty of times on those flat wickets in in July and other times where uh, and you know he he doesn't look much of a threat on a wicket that isn't seeming frankly. But Craigo is available or should be available for the first for a decent chunk of the first half. And if you get Siddle and if there's another overseas bowler in there, I agree. Sadly, I think Gregory's back just isn't going to allow him to be anything more than an impact bowler. You know, here's the new ball. It's swinging around. Bowl five overs. We're not going to see him bowl 20 overs in a day anymore, I don't think, um, which is a shame because he is a bloody good bowler. Um, but it looks a bit barren now, but... Wait and see. I'll be waiting to see who the overseas players are because that could make a massive difference, and I think it might. Just illustrating the point that you made, Gibbo, about the young versus the old, we've got nobody in that age range between Casey Aldridge at 20, uh, 21 and Craig Overton at 28. Mm. So there is that almost sort of six, seven year gap between the two of them, which is. It's a little bit frightening. You've got Lamaby in there at, at 22, but I don't think we could call him a frontline seamer yet. Yeah, Ogborn is 19, Aldridge 21, Overton 28, Lamaby 22, Bacon 19, Old Ned Leonard is 20, Lewis Gregory 30, Davey 32, and Brooks at 38. So it would be interesting. Any any domestic signings we'd like to see? I don't know who's out of contract that we could, we could possibly get, but I would imagine all that business would have been... Uh, would have been done and dusted by now, so I think we're pretty much exclusively shopping in the overseas market. Yeah. Just one thing on Craig. We may actually see a lot of him next year, because if, you know, if Joffre Archer's fit again, if Chris Wilkes is fit again, uh, if Saki Mamou's fit again, Craig Overton might be quite low in the England Seamers pecking order, so he might not be needed by England at all, to be honest, next year. There's Matty Potts as well, who's not been in this Pakistan series. There's Jamie Overton, yeah. of course, so... If England aren't too hit by injuries, I, th- I don't think Craig will be in the test squad at all, to be honest, which is great for us. Mm. So, sadly, I agree. I think they will move on from him, actually, because he's of an age. It's sad for him because he's a quality bowler, but the way they're playing at the moment, uh, they've got enough bowlers like him and of his age. I just think they'll move past him. And Dan says there's other. he's way down that pecking order. Yeah, it's a shame for him. Yeah. I'm sad for him, but... It's, yeah, it's the way it is. There's a lot of competition. I didn't want to say it as well, Dan. I thought I'd leave it to you to. <laughs> With that bad <laughs> news, six we'll, days we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Rightio. Mr. Kingdom, then, you are the reigning, always look on the bright side of life Ooh. quiz champion. And your reward yep. is you've got to set the questions for 2022. Yep. Are you all ready? I think this is uh, possibly the quiz that nobody wants to win because before last year, I didn't say that whoever won it had to do the questions for next year because I'm not doing it every bloody year. So I think we, this could be potentially a four-way tie on zero points. But uh, any any match-fixing uh, shenanigans will be appropriately dealt with uh, by the relevant authorities. Right then, Dan, what's the format? What have you gone for? Yeah, so it's similar to last year, really. Um, it's sort of... Five lots of four questions, roughly, each competition from this season, plus a couple of other sort of rough rounds. It's, um, yeah. And it's some some answers are, some questions are just one point. Some of them are more than one. So it's just a point for every correct answer. Some of them are like name five, name six. So you just get a point for each of them. So it's 20 questions in total. It's out of 41. So shall I begin? Crack on. Okay, doke. So 
few county championship questions first. Uh, first one is, who was the only man to play all 14 county championship matches for Somerset this summer? Uh, Tom Lannersey. I'm writing this You're down. You're supposed to write it down, Gibbo. Uh, yeah, oh, I, was the, I was about <laughs> to ask what the format is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a pen and paper with you, Sam? Uh, I've, I'm writing it on a Word document. Is that oh, all right? Right, so question the, one. The good news is, Gibbo, is we've both either got one or not. Is the <laughs> good news. I go, yeah, I, I think you're right, Gibbo. Sorry, I should. Right. Okay, look. Um, number two. Name the five players to take a five wicket haul for Somerset in the county championship this year. Five players to take a five foot for Somerset in the 2022 County Championship. I'll have to go back and edit all these silences out, but crack on. <laughs> <laughs> you all ready? Yeah, ready for number three. Three, yeah. Uh, Somerset bowled first in only two County Championship matches. Against which teams were they? Be a long night. This could be a long night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. this, this will all get edited out. Don't worry, this will be fun. It'll be like, boom, two minutes, done. Uh, what games did we bowl first? <laughs> it was one late season, wasn't there? Um... Presume you want home and away as well. Just just for the teams, that's fine. Okay. The teams that we're against. This is going to make fascinating listening. This will all be chopped out. <laughs> all these, all these, uh, all, all these awkward silences <laughs> will get chopped out, don't you, boy? Right, go on there, Dad. <laughs> Okay, look, question four. Which two players scored double centuries against Somerset in the county championship? Does a triple century count as a double century? Yeah. Or does it have to be between 200 and 300? Just 200 plus. 200 plus, right. We know I saw that. both of those. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> oh, I uh... Can you repeat the question? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Which two players scored double centuries against Somerset in the county championship 2022? Oh, that was in the more than 200. But yeah, 200 plus. Oh, bloody hell. Who's the other one? Oh, go on. Oh, yes, of course it was. Come on, they're done. This is the last one of the championship. Isn't yep, it? so yeah. now we're on to the London Cup, if everyone's ready. So we had, we've had four on championship, yeah? Yeah. yeah cool. right. So question five. Against which team did Somerset secure their only win of the Royal London Cup? Everyone ready? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Who was Somerset's leading run scorer in the Royal London Cup? That question was also on the official Somerset quiz on the website, Dan. I don't know if you've done yours yet. Uh, was it? Yeah, there were. I I I wrote these questions before that quiz came out, and I think I did notice a resemblance in a couple of them. But yeah, any any uh, similarity is purely a coincidence. Uh, question seven, if everyone's ready. Yeah, crack on. Who top scored for Somerset in their 119 all out in the Royal London Cup opener against Nottinghamshire? Hmm. I remember Renshaw at two fours and then he got out and it 
entirely possible that eight would have been the top score that day. God, I remember that first four he hit. I think it was was it him? I think it was straight back down the ground, and that was the one moment of optimism I had for our Roland the Cup campaign. Yeah, then the next one he squirted over third man, and the next one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Question seven: What was the sequence of Matt Renshaw's innings against Knotts? <laughs> right, uh, top score against Knotts was. Um... Everyone ready for the next question? Yeah. Cool. Question eight. I think this was on the Somerset quiz as well. How many sixes did Ben Green hit during his 157 against Durham in the World Cup? I got this wrong. <laughs> on that one, I can't remember what it was. I think it was this. Everyone happy? Well, I've written a number down. Whether it's right or not, who knows? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, not an easy one. Uh, question nine. So now we're on to the blast. Who was Somerset's leading wicket taker in this year's blast? Question ten. Name the five players to score a fifty for Somerset in the blast. Do we need to spell it right? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're marking yourself anyway, aren't you? So. Uh, oh, definitely three I've got there. He must have got one. And... How did a roll-off get against Gloucester? That was only like 48-49, wasn't it? Mm. So, yeah, I had the same, fo- I had the same thought. Uh, one, two, three, four, and then let's go for... I don't know. You said there were five, Dad? Yeah. Oh, I don't think you did, but... (laughs) Everybody good? Yeah. Question 11. Who was the only man to score a century against Somerset in the blast? Oh. Just need the name of the player. Okay, question. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, question twelve. Um, which three Somerset players made their T Twenty debut in the match against Sri Lanka Development Eleven? So this is their T Twenty debut, not necessarily their Somerset debut. I think. <laughs> Right, I'm not changing it. Forget it, Rob. Forget it, Rob. <laughs> Everyone ready? Yeah. So that's the blast done. Now a couple of Somerset women questions. Hopefully everyone was paying attention during the summer. Uh, so question 13. Who does Somerset women lose to in the Group 3 final of the Women's County T20? Was that the one on the same day we managed to lose against Surrey? And that was a... Was that right? No. No, it wasn't. Oh, I'm that, was it wrong. that wasn't that wasn't the final day. We it was, somehow we managed to lose three games in a day, didn't we? I think Somerset women lost two games at T20, and we lost to uh, Surrey on that Sunday. Yeah, we did. Um, okay, question fourteen: Which Somerset and Western Storm player has been named in England squad for the upcoming Under 19s Women's World Cup? This is going to be a real shame if all four of us just guessed Sophie Luff. 
I saw the story. I can remember. <laughs> not under nineteen. I, oh, not, I, not I, can, I can remember. I, I remember seeing the story. Uh, oh, it's not her. Is it her? No. Nothing would be delighted about that. Is it a spinner, Dan? <laughs> oh, I can't give clues. I think I know who it is. I can't think. Luffy's playing for New South Wales now. She's out there as well. Mm. So, yeah, she's playing playing too, Question 16. Yeah. Which Western Storm player has recently made her debut for New South Wales? <laughs> no, sadly oh, I can't not. Think. Yeah. I've sadly not. blank on that one. Okie doke. Everyone ready to move on? Yeah. So now we've got six just sort of general Somerset questions. So question 15 is, so five grounds have hosted T20 finals day. Uh, which one have Somerset not played at on a finals day? Oh. So, yeah, you obviously probably want to work out the five grounds that have hosted T20 finals day. And then one of those, Somerset have not played at on finals day. But you just, you just get the one point for knowing the one. Which, yeah, you made me think about the fucking Rose Bowl again, Dad. Thanks for that. <laughs> play, Take, I know. Take the bales off. Ready, <laughs> Question six. We want sixteen now. Yep. Next one is sixteen. If everyone's ready. So, Joel Garner, Viv Richards, Jack White. Who comes next? Joel Garner, Viv Richards, Jack White. Who comes next? I know exactly what's going through your mind now, Pete. I can see you pointing to an imaginary <laughs> map. <laughs> Is everyone ready? Yeah. So question 17. Which six men played in all four of Somerset's successful finals between 1979 and 1983? Which six men played in all four of Somerset's successful finals between 1979 and 1983? Right. Six, you say, Dad? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Everybody ready? Okay, question 18. Somerset hold the county record winning margin by runs in all three formats. So first class list A, T20. Against which teams were these records set? Just need three teams that we beat by a lot of runs. Complete guesses for two of these. <laughs> Is the first class one no. county? No. Well, oh, I should have said that. Oh no, you idiot! It's the record by a county inflicting on another right. team. I suppose is the best way to put it. I should have DM'd you that instead of broadcasting it to the group. <laughs> Sorry, too far. I could have made the question a little bit clearer. Everyone ready? Yep. So, question nineteen. Who holds the record for the most appearances for Somerset in first-class cricket? Everyone happy? Yeah, is this our last question, Dan? Yep, oh. this is the last one. Um, question 20. Which three teams did Somerset beat in the 2011 Champions League T20 as they reached the semi-finals, oh. including the qualifying stage? Where's Steve Snell when you need him? Um... Oh. Oh. 
Well, there's no danger of me setting the quiz next year. So that's oh. good. Well, you say that, Pete. You say that, but you know. Right, edit that out. Everybody done? Yes. Dan, I've got people waiting for me on dinner. So I'm going to. How do yes, I DM? Me too. Come on, come how, right, come how on, do I DM then, right. my answers? Oh, go on. Right. Yeah. We'll run through the answers as quick as you can then. Right. Who was the only player to play in all yep. four of them, them championship games? Yep, that Tom was Tom Lambie. You're fine, first. I've got Roloff, Jack, Craig, Jack Brooks, and Pete Siddle. Hang on. Uh, Roloff, Jack, Craig, Siddle, and Aldridge. Oh. Oh, I thought. I didn't get that. Oh, so you get, you I, get a point for each. Yeah, point you? for each. Right, point okay. for each. You need to repeat the question. Or it's, it's, it's not going to make sense. Five sets, five will get yeah. all for Somerset in the county championship. Yeah. Yeah. Pergo, Peter Siddle, Casey Aldridge, Jack Leach, Rolf van der Merv. I got four. I got four. Right, keep your score. Yeah. Tally your score as you go along then. What was number three? What, what team? Somerset bowled first in only two county championship matches, and they were against Essex and Gloucestershire. Oh, one! Ooh, I got it. One. Yeah. Yes, it was, it was Essex at Chelmsford and Gloucester at Taunton. You don't need the venues, but it was yeah, Essex at Chelmsford, Gloucester at Taunton. Yeah, I got Essex um, away. That was the one I had. Yeah, that was the first time it happened. Um, so number four, which two players scored double centuries against Somerset in the county championship? That was Keith Jennings and Nick Brown, Brown, as mentioned earlier. <laughs> I think it was podcast was it? I completely forgot that Brown scored a century against double century against us until I did these questions. Blimey, I was that I had, I had, I had until Anthony mentioned, mentioned about it. Half an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a thrilling innings, absolutely yeah. thrilling. We <laughs> were spellbound. Uh, yeah. Number five, the only team that Somerset beat in the Roland Cup was, of course, Warwickshire. Really? Yeah. Last match, number six, Somerset's leading run scorer in the Roland Cup was James Rue. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Seven. The top scorer for Somerset in the 119 all out against Knotts was also James Room. Uh, oh, I got that. He got 46, was that, Vinden? Uh, 48, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Near enough. Uh, the number six is Ben Green hit against Durham was 12. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, got that wrong. I think it was 12, 6, and 10, 4s. Uh, who was Somerset's leading wicket taker in the blast? That was Ben Green. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? An economy rate of about 12 and a half. Yeah, he did go for a few this year, yeah. Um, the five players to score a 50 for Somerset in the blast. So that was Riley Russo, Great. Will Smead, Great. Tom Abel, Great. Tom Banton, yeah. and Lewis Gregory. Oh. Yeah, Greg Gregory scored 66 against Gloucestershire, which I, yeah, so again, I remember it now, but when I did the questions, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, forgot about that. Um, who was the only man to score a century against Somerset in the blast? Vince. That was James Vince. Yep. James Vince. Yeah, yeah. yeah sadly. Of course. Um, the three Somerset players to make their debut in the match against Sri Lanka. Well, was definitely them. James Rue. Yep. Got that. Casey, Casey in there. Yep. Oh, shit. And George Thomas? No, it was Ned oh. Lennon. Oh, oh, I thought he was in all none, season. None there. <laughs> I thought he was in all season. One there. I didn't see the match, so it didn't register. Uh, 13. Who did Somerset women lose to in the finals, uh, the group three finals, almost 20? It was Warwickshire, yeah. No, got that wrong. 
Um, number 14. Which Somerset and Western Storm player has been named in England's squad for the upcoming Under-19 Women's World Cup? Did anyone get that? Sophia Smale? No, good shout. She's Western Storm, but she's not Somerset. She's uh, Wales. Ah, the answer was Neve Holland. Oh. Right. Neve Holland. Number 15. So five guys have hosted T20 Finals Day. Which one has Somerset not played at on Tre- a Finals Day? Trebridge. Bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we're the only county to have played at four of the grounds because we've Overland Sapphire Gardens have only hosted finals day once each, and we've played we played at both of them. Plus, we played at the Rose Bowl once out of twice, and then and then obviously Edgbaston we played at five times. Um, so yeah, not played at Trent Bridge, so it's just a point for that. Um, so Joel Garner, Viv Richards, Jack White, who comes next? Brian Rose, Brian Rose, Brian Rose, Rose. yeah, because yeah. of the gates, gates. at the ground. I think I, I, I took inspiration from yours last year, and I think you did a did brilliant. I can see Pete. He, he just remembered. Yeah, he remembered. yeah. <laughs> I got that. Um, which six men played in all four of Somerset's successful finals mm. between 1979 and 1983? Right. Anyone want to have a stab? Vic Marks. Yep. Peter Robert. Uh, yep. Brian Rose. Benning. It was not Brian no, Rose. No, I think he missed no. 83. Pete Jennings. Uh, Deming, Deming is correct. Yeah. Yep. Colin Dredge. Uh, no. Not Colin Dredge. No. It both of them. Yeah. And both them and uh, Taylor. Garner. Not Taylor. No, I think he missed eighty-three as well. Trevor Guard played that one. Jerry Lloyd. Yeah. Um, it was it was four. Garner. Yeah, and Viv Richards, of course. Richards. Yeah. So just to read oh, them all out again. I didn't uh, go for Garner. I thought they might have been on tour with the West Indies. That's why I didn't go for them. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, but no, they managed to play them all. Yeah, so it was um, Richards, Garner, Botham, Denning, Roebuck, Marks. They're the six. Five. So five Five, yeah. Um, Somerset held the county record winning margin in all three formats. Against which teams were they set? So first class was Cardiff MCCU or Cardiff University, Indeed. whatever. But, yeah. Uh, list day was against Devon uh, oh. in 1990. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not going to books. It was the world record until very recently when there's that um, VJ Hazard trophy match in India. Um, it was broken by a fair, fair amount, actually. Uh, and the final one, T20, was, of course, Derbyshire this Derbyshire. year in the quarterfinal. So, number 19... He was the record for most appearances in Somerset and first class cricket. That is Brian Langford. Oh, was he? Mm. Yeah, 504. And then which three teams did Somerset beat in the 2011 Champions League T20? So that was Auckland or Auckland Aces. Um, Kolkata Nightmares. Sorry, say again. South Australia or something like that to be beaten? No, good shout again. We played them, but it was a no result. It was abandoned after the toss, I believe. Um, so yeah, Auckland Aces, Kolkata Knight Riders, which was yeah. twice, and Warriors of, of South Africa. So just to be clear, anything, any any question there was multiple answers, it's a, a point for each, and the total is out of forty-one. Two, seven, sixteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two. I've got a twenty-two. Reckon. 22. Yeah. I think I've got 24. One. 
Oh, good. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, 21. You 21, then. 21. Oh, I've got 26. Oh, no. You've got 26? Yeah. I got 26. Hey. Oh, 22. 22. Great quiz, Dan. Absolutely. I was... Very good. Very good. Dan's doing the quiz. He's like, oh, my God, it's going to be like, to what decimal point was Tom Average's... Tom Average's average in... April while he was playing through the offside. Uh, good quiz, Dad. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, quizzes are difficult, aren't they? You just never quite know how hard or easy they're yeah. going to be. For, for well, I thought that was pretty silly. That yeah. was pretty, pretty spot on, Dad. Thanks. Right. Good to hear. Through the magic of editing, dear listener, you won't have realised how much that dragged on with uh, with pauses and everything <laughs> while we're all thinking <laughs> thinking about our answers to the quiz. Um, right. I've already had two. Of you, I've already had two of you moaning that you want to go off for your tea. So, uh, in the absence of any other business, shall we just leave it? Happy to... Christmas! Yeah, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everyone! Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. all our listeners! Happy New Year, yes. and we will see you at the Cooper Associates County Ground in 2023. I've just—I can tell Sam's desperate to jump up off his sofa and go and get his tea, so I'm just stalling for time. Oh, he's already gone. Oh, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, we'll reconvene in the new year when we've uh, probably got some Somerset news to talk about. But uh, Merry Christmas to one and all, and we'll see you in 2023. Cheers, Sheps. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, everyone.